Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Sheikh Khalid Muhammad. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi, wa man wa ala ahrabi shrihli sadri, wa yassirli amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani, yafqahu qawli. Welcome brothers, alhamdulillah, to the 10th lesson of the seerah uh, series, studying the biography, the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Ala Alihi Wasallam and more than that as well. As you guys know, we even had a lesson or two regarding the previous nations or regarding the state of Arabia before the sending of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the likes. For today we get into the lesson of the splitting of the chest of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But before getting into this topic, brothers, it's vital that every single believer understands, every believer must understand and recognize the importance of believing in that which has been reported to us in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Now these are words, my brothers, I know, alhamdulillah, every single sheikh you probably study under and study with, they constantly repeat this concept. But when we constantly repeat these concepts and you constantly hear from the mashaykh and the ulama, these principles and the likes, there's reasons for it. There's reasons for it, especially living in a day and age where you get some people and unfortunately even preachers and teachers out there rejecting texts from the Qur'an or the Sunnah or because it doesn't agree with their logic or it doesn't agree with their mind or they can't understand it or they can't fathom it or they can't make sense of it. This is regardless brothers, you have to believe in what has been reported to us in the Qur'an and the Sunnah, regardless whether you make sense of it or not, as we're going to see later on, insha'Allah ta'ala. For every single believer, that which has come to us in the Qur'an, and that which has come to us in the authentic Sunnah, the authentic Sunnah, that which has been authentically attributed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa you must believe if it's regarding news of that which has occurred in the past, or is occurring or will occur, you must believe that these things occurred the way we were told they occurred. And if a time was attached at the time we were told they occurred, and if a place is there at the place that we were told it occurred, and if there's a reason that we were told, then the reason as well as to why that event occurred the way, when, how, etc., for what reason it occurred. Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلًا And Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ حَدِيثًا And whose words can be truer than Allah? And who is truer in speech than Allah? And Allah Azza wa Jal, regarding the Qur'an, he says, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ That is the book, لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ There is no doubt in it whatsoever. And as we know, للمتقين, a guide for the God conscious, a guide for those with taqwa. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, aziz, And indeed, it is a noble, it is a mighty book. That no falsehood comes from before it and behind it. It has been sent down, it has been revealed from one who is all wise and one who deserves all praise, or praise. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, listen to this my brothers, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abdullah ibn Amr radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, he says, that I used to write everything that I heard from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
And now, brothers, imagine the Prophet's with you, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in front of you. You're worried you're going to forget. As we always say yani, to the brothers, one of the biggest lies a student of knowledge can tell himself is that I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember it. So when the sheikh or the scholar or whoever it is, the da'i, whatever it is, brings up a very important point, then they tell themselves, I'll remember it. And then give it like a day, a year, a month, sometimes for some brothers an hour, they forget the point. فَهِيَ لُقُوَ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ saying He says, كُنْتُ أَكْتُبُ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ أَسْمَعُهُ مِنْ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ I used to write down everything I heard from the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم Why أريد حفظه? Because I want to memorize it. This is what Abdullah is saying now. The reason I wanted to memorize it. He says, فَنَهَتْنِي قُرَيْشٌ Quraysh prohibited me. وَقَالُوا And they said, أَكْتَكْتُبُ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ تَسْمَعُهُ وَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ بَشَرٌ That you're writing everything you're hearing. When the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم is a man. What are they trying to get to here? يَتَكَلَّمُ فِي الْغَضَبِ وَالْرِضَى He speaks when he's angry. And he speaks when he's happy. When he's, you know, content and the likes. So now what did Abdullah say? He says, فَأَمْسَكْتُ عَنِ الْكِتَابِ That I stopped writing. فَذَكَرْتُ ذَلِكَ لِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ Then I mentioned that to the Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ So do I write, do I not write, this is what Quraysh told me, etc. And then what did the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he do? The hadith mentions, فَأَوْمَأَ بِأُصْبُعِهِ إِلَى فِيهِ He pointed towards his mouth. He pointed with his finger towards his mouth. And he says, اُكْتُبْ Write. فَوَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ By the one in whose hand my soul is, مَا يَخْرُجُ مِنْهُ إِلَّا حَقِّ That nothing comes out of it except the truth. Nothing comes out of it Accept the truth. For part of believing in the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all of the prophets and messengers is tasdiquhu wa tasdiquhum fima akhbar wa akhbaru. To believe in that which he narrated to us, related to us, reported to us, and all of the other prophets as well. And everything which we've been told that has happened in the past, because we have not seen it, this counts as knowledge of the unseen to us. Because when it comes to knowledge of the unseen, there is the knowledge of the unseen which only Allah Azza wa Jal knows. Like what? Like the knowledge of the hour, for example. And there's another, there's another aspect which the ulama they speak about, which is al-ghaybul hissi. Ah, when it comes to pretty much an individual might not know something. Might not have seen something, but someone else did. So for that individual, it becomes a matter of the knowledge of the unseen. He doesn't know it. And for this individual, he knows it. Is that clear, my brothers? For the point is what I'm trying to say here, for example, is when it came to the companions, seeing some of the miracles of the Prophet wasallam, for them that is not from the unseen. But for us, because we have not seen it, to us, it is from the unseen. And that is like what has happened in the previous nations and with previous prophets and the likes. For example, when Allah Azza wa Jal, when he speaks about Maryam alayha salam and Zakariya alayhi salam, for example, in Surah Ali Imran or in Surah Yusuf as well, 
When Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, ذَلِكَ مِنْ أَنْبَاءِ الْغَيْبِ نُوحِيهِ إِلَيْكَ That is from the knowledge of the unseen, which we reveal to you. Which we reveal to you. After that verse which we just previously mentioned, ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ That is the book in which there is no doubt. A guide and a guidance for the believers, for the God conscious, those with taqwa. What does Allah Azza wa Jal describe them? What is the first trait he mentions? الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ Those who believe in the unseen. Those who believe in the unseen. They haven't seen it, but they believe. Why? Because it's been reported to us from Allah Azza wa Jal, from the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Abu Ishaq, he says, Rahimahullah, وَكُلُّ مَا غَابَ عَنْهُمْ مِمَّا أَخْبَرَهُمْ بِهِ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فَهُوَ غَيْبٍ Everything which was absent from them, they didn't see it, they weren't there, they didn't witness it. From that which the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم informed them of, then it is from the unseen. And the Shaykh al-Sa'di has beautiful words where he says, when or regarding the verse, الَّذِينَ يُؤْمِنُونَ بِالْغَيْبِ Those who believe in the unseen, he says, حَقِيقَةُ الْإِيمَانِ The reality of iman, of faith, of belief, هُوَ التَّصْدِيقُ التَّامُ بِمَا أَخْبَرَتْ بِهِ الرُّسُلِ It is complete faith or complete belief and complete conviction regarding that which the messengers, they informed us of. They reported to us. So it's not for us. He goes on and has a lot of words regarding this. We're not going to read it for time, يعني, but the point is he goes on and he mentions beautiful words. How it is not rejecting because it doesn't make sense to me. It's not rejecting because I haven't seen like it. It's not rejecting because wallah, if that's the case then to me and to my kind and to my likes, then it means this, this and this. And this isn't a good meaning. So they reject. They reject the news. They reject the information. They reject the reports. Now why I mention that specifically, my brothers, is because from now, and until we pretty much finish off, inshallah ta'ala, the Seerah series, there's going to be events that are against the norm. There's going to be events that are classified as odd or strange. Odd or strange Utilizing the meaning, meaning it's not normal. When I say it's not normal, I don't mean how half the brothers use it today. Meaning it's not normal, it's things that they're against the custom. They're against what is normally occurring and the likes. So it's so important, my brothers, that you never ever reject these events if they've been once again mentioned to us by Allah in the Quran or authentically attributed, authentic, attributed to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So where did we leave off my brothers? We left off with Halimah bint Abi Dhu'ayb al-Sa'diyah radiyallahu ta'ala anha going back with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and her husband Al-Harith ibn Abdul Uzza and the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to where? To his mother Aminah. When we say his mother, we're talking about who? His biological mother. His real mother, not his mother through breastfeeding, which is the topic we had last lesson. So they go back to the mother of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Amina, and they ask her. They seek from her permission to take back the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam with them, with them. So naturally, here it's been a couple of years. Of course, the mother of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam intensely misses her son. So they were persistent and persistent. 
So much so that they started to put forth reasons. Why would they be persistent, my brothers? Because of all the barakah which is occurring in their lives after they took the Prophet ﷺ. Remember what happened last lesson, what we spoke about. So they don't want to give that up. They don't want to leave the Prophet ﷺ. So they persist and persist until they started putting forth reasons to the mother of the Prophet ﷺ. And one of those reasons is they said, so he doesn't get affected by the illness, a specific illness was that was present at the time in Mecca. So the point is, after they persisted and persisted, she ended up agreeing and accepting. So then the Prophet ﷺ, he went back with his fostering mother, the wet nurse, Halima al-Sa'diyya radiallahu ta'ala anha. The Prophet ﷺ went back with her for another couple of, another couple of years. So now the Prophet ﷺ returned to Banu Sa'd, and now one of the greatest incidents, my brothers, one of the greatest incidents to occur in the whole seerah, and one of the greatest incidents to occur in the youth of the Prophet, and the childhood of the Prophet ﷺ, the incident known as the splitting of the chest of the Prophet ﷺ. Some of the ulama, they differed over exactly how old was he when this incident occurred. Some of them, they said he was two years. And others said other things. And the correct opinion, wallahu a'la wa a'lam, is that he was four years old when this incident occurred to him. He was four years old when this incident occurred to him, as Halima herself says. As Halima herself says. فَعَنْ أَنَسِ بْنِ مَالِكِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى عَنْهُ Anas reports that the Prophet وسلم, أَتَاهُ جِبْرِيلُ This is in Sahih Muslim. Sahih Muslim. أَتَاهُ جِبْرِيلُ Jibril came to him. And then he mentioned sallallahu alayhi wa sallam وَهُوَ يَلْعَبُ مَعَ الْغِلْمَانِ That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was playing with the children. فَصَرَعَهُ That Jibreel أَخَذَهُ وَصَرَعَهُ He took hold of him and he threw him to the floor. فَشَقَّ عَنْ قَلْبِهِ And then he split open his chest. He split open his chest. فَاسْتَخْرَجَ الْقَلْبَ He took out his heart. مِنْهُ after he took out the heart, that he took out, he took out of the heart a black clot, or a clot in this hadith. In another narration we're going to see, it mentions that it was black. And then Jibreel, he said, this is the portion of shaitan from you, taken out. ثُمَّ غَسَلَهُ فِي طَسْتٍ مِنْ ذَهَبٍ بِمَاءِ زَمْزَمٍ And then he washed it. He washed it with a vessel of gold with zamzam water. ثُمَّ لَأَمَهُ ثُمَّ أَعَادَهُ فِي مَكَانِهِ And then he put it back. He put it back in its place. وَجَاءَهُ الْغِلْمَانُ يَسْعَوْنَ إِلَى أُمِّهِ And then now the boys, they went running to the mother. To Halimah, يعني. They went running. يعني ذِئْرَهُ فَقَالُوا إِنَّ مُحَمَّدًا قَدْ قُتِلْ and they said, imagine this instance, يعني, they go in running, they're scared, they're filled with fear. And they say to Halima, indeed Muhammad has indeed been killed. Verily Muhammad has been killed. So then now you can imagine Halima, my brothers. She took this young boy as an infant from his mother Amina from Mecca. She took him to the deserts where the Bedouin areas, Bedouin areas are. 
the tribe of Banu Sa'ad and others obviously. Now she raises him for a couple of years. They go back to his mother Amina. They persist and seek permission. They persist and seek permission from his mother to take him back for more time, let alone all the barakah which has been happening in their lives. And now this incident occurs where the children come in running, crying, screaming, fearful, saying that Muhammad has been killed. So then she says she went out. فَاسْتَقْبَلُوهُ وَهُوَ مُنْتَقَعُ اللَّوْنِ Then they, 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 they pretty much faced him. And they saw that his color had changed, his complexion had changed. فَقَالَ Anas, Look at this, subhanAllah. وَكُنْتُ أَرَى أَثَرَ ذَلِكَ الْمَخِيطِ فِي صَدْرِهِ I used to say, because as we're going to say in the next hadith, that Jibreel sewed, alayhi salam, they sewed his chest back up. After it was split open, they sewed his chest back up. And Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he says, that I saw, I used to see the effect, the remnants, yani the scar pretty much, of the effect of that sewing. That sewing of the chest of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, I used to see the mark of that stitching on his chest. And Ibn Hajar rahimahullahu ta'ala, he says, the wisdom behind splitting the chest of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he was young is removing that black clot which was from the share of shaitan which every single person has and extracting it after it was created is a divine miracle and it indicates an increase of loftiness and nobility and through extracting it he was raised in the most perfect states of being protected by the shaitan of being protected by the shaitan. We even know in another hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that his qareen aslam, the qareen, you know that devil companion that every single one of us has with him, his qareen aslam, and the ulama, they differed over the understanding of the hadith, but many of the ulama, they went and they understood it to mean that the qareen actually became a Muslim. The qareen of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they understood it to mean he actually became a Muslim. In other versions of the hadith, my brothers, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he details to us after he was asked about the beginning of his life, his early days. He says, my foster mother was from the tribe of Sa'ad ibn Bakr. I went, me and a son of hers, yani his, his breastfeeding brother or his brother through breastfeeding and or with some young sheep that were for us. And Halima actually mentions in another hadith as well, that when the Prophet ﷺ reached the age of four years, he used to go with his brothers and sisters. He used to go out with the sheep, with his brothers and sisters. And his brothers and sisters, how once again through breastfeeding, through breastfeeding. So she says that, she says, or he says, sorry, the Prophet ﷺ, I went out with my, or with the son of Halimah, his brother, with some sheep, and we didn't take with us any provision. So I said to my brother, oh my brother, go and get some provision from our mother. Go and get some provision, whether it's food, whether it's drink, whatever it is. Go and get some zad. So then he went, and I stayed where the sheep were, he says. I stayed where the sheep were. So two white birds, as if they were eagles, were on top. And one of them, he heard one of them say to the other, is this him? He said, yes. So they came towards me rushing very quickly. So they took me and threw me on my back. They split my chest, 
took out my heart. Put an incision. They took out two black clots as this narration mentions. And many of the ulama authenticated it. They took out two black clots. One of them said to the other, get me some snow water. They washed my inside, the abdomen area. Then he said, get me some hay water. They washed my heart with it. Then he said, get me tranquility. And they threw it in or placed it in my heart, my chest. And then he said to the other, stitch him. So he stitched him. And then he imprinted or sealed him the seal of prophethood, which we're going to talk about inshallah the next fortnight. Then they went and left me. He says, I was very scared. So I hastened, I rushed to my mum, told her what had happened, yani Halima, his mother through breastfeeding. She worried that something happened to me. Yani, she worried that the Prophet wasallam something happened to him, meaning he went out of his mind as a kid, yani speaking this, all of this, what's occurring. So she says, or he says that she said, I seek Allah's protection for you. I seek Allah's protection for you. So she said, got the camel ready, set up a camel, rode behind me until we reached my mother, yani Amina. She said to her, did I fulfill my trust? And then she told Amina exactly what happened, what the Prophet wasallam happened, and what the kids told her they saw and what happened. And that didn't worry my mother, he said. And it didn't cause her to fear. And she said, indeed, I saw when I was pregnant with him that a light emerged illuminating the palaces of Syria, which is what we already previously mentioned. So the point is, she wasn't scared. It was as if she took it as a sign of prophethood. And many of the ulama collected this narration and they authenticated it, including Ibn Kathir, Rahimahullah, al Zahabi, and others. And one of the times the Prophet sallallahu it said that his chest was split open more than once, my brothers. The Prophet sallallahu it said that his chest was split open more than once. To the extent some of the scholars, they said it occurred five times, but the only authentic that we see is that it occurred two times. That it occurred two times. One is what we just mentioned, and the second it was mentioned. There are narrations, but they are not authentic, that his chest was split open when he was 10 years old. And the third time, that his chest was split open when he became or began his mission of being a messenger. But it is not authentic as well. And the fourth time which is authentic is during the night ascension journey. Al-Isra wal-Mi'raj. Which we're going to discuss in much more detail inshallah when we get there. Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said. Furija saqfi wa ana bi Makkah. That my roof or the roof of my house was made open whilst I was in Makkah. فَنَزَلَ جِبْرِيلٌ جِبْرِيلٌ came down عليه السلام فَفَرَجَ صَدْرِي So he opened my chest ثُمَّ غَسَلَهُ بِمَاءِ زَمْزَمْ Then he washed it, يعني his heart He washed it with the water of Zamzam ثُمَّ جَاءَ بِطَسْتٍ مِنْ ذَهَبٍ And then he came with a vessel of gold مُمْتَلِئٍ حِكْمَةً وَإِيمَانًا It was filled with wisdom and belief and what did Jibreel do? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, فَأَفْرَغَهَا fi sadri." He poured it into my chest. ثُمَّ أَطْبَقَهُ ثُمَّ أَخَذَ بِيَدِي فَعَرَجَ إِلَى السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا And then Jibreel, he closed the chest. And as we know in the other hadith, he stitched. Then he took hold of my hand and ascended to the lowest heaven. 
ascended to the lowest heaven with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. فَقَالَ جِبْرِيلُ لِخَازِنِ السَّمَاءِ الدُّنْيَا That Jibreel said to the gatekeeper of the lowest heaven, iftah, open. قَالَ مَنْ هَذَا قَالَ جِبْرِيلُ So the gatekeeper said, who is there? And Jibreel said, it is Jibreel. Ibn Hajar, رحمه الله تعالى, he says, وَجَمِيعُ مَا وَرَدَ مِنْ شَقِّ الصَّدْرِ وَاسْتِخْرَاجِ الْقَلْبِ وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْأُمُورِ الْخَارِقَةِ لِلْعَادَةِ مِمَّا يَجِبُ التَّسْلِيمُ لَهُ دُونَ التَّعَرُّضِ لِصَرْفِهِ عَنْ حَقِيقَتِهِ دُونَ التَّعَرُّضِ لِصَرْفِهِ عَنْ حَقِيقَتِهِ لِصَلَاحِيَةِ الْقُدْرَةِ فَلَا تَسْتَحِيلُ شَيْءٌ مِنْ ذَلِكَ He says some of them denied that the start. Some of them denied that the chest was opened on the night of Al-Isra wal miraj And they said that this only happened when he was small, what we mentioned at the start, and living amongst Banu Sa'd. But that cannot be denied, that it happened during the Isra' wal-Mi'raj, the night ascension journey. That can't be denied because there are many reports about it. There are many ahadith about it and they're authentic. All that has been narrated about his chest being opened, his heart being taken out, and other extraordinary events must be accepted without objection or trying to interpret it other than what it appears to mean on the apparent. Because Allah is able to do all of that and none of that is impossible. Al-Qurtubi, he says, no attention should be paid to denials of the opening of the chest of, on the night of Al-Isra. Because the narrators are trustworthy and well-known. And Ibn Hajar also, he says that Iyad believed that the preponderant view is that the chest of the Prophet ﷺ was split open for the first time when he was a young boy with his witness. And that's ma'roof, that's known as we said. As Suhaili said that it happened twice, and it did. This is the correct view he says in this regard, and shall be substantiated. Then he goes on to mention a few things. He says in brief, the first splitting of the chest of the Prophet ﷺ was to remove the clot that was said to be the portion of the devil in his heart. And the second was to prepare him on that night to receive the divine revelation, the wahi. In their hadith collections on the authority of Aisha, that the chest splitting happened the second time when Jibreel ﷺ came to him with the divine revelation in the cave of Al-Hira. And the reason for it is clear. It has also been reported that his chest was split when, when he was with Abdul Muttalib and was about 10 years old. And both of these, as we know, we said, are not authentic. And inshallah ta'ala, we'll end up with that uh, short lesson regarding the splitting of the chest of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And next lesson, inshallah, we'll take that seal of prophethood and we'll take the death of the Prophet's mother, Aminah, and his desire, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, to visit her grave. And then, inshallah ta'ala, a few other things. As the brothers know, inshallah ta'ala, I'll be leaving in October, yani for three months, if Allah azza wa jal rules, October, November, December. So, inshallah ta'ala, we'll probably get in another three or four lessons. And then, inshallah, we will resume in January, if Allah azza wa jal, he rules. جزاكم الله خيرا سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio.